more obviously I can see a very strong, independent, strong woman. Um, is that typically Singaporean? I know it's a wide question. Um, or is that you because of your circumstances? I think a lot of Singapore women are very strong, very opinionated, and they're all career-minded. Most mothers do work. Uh, it would be very rare to find a stay-at-home mom in Singapore. Yeah, so that we're all quite career-minded and strong-willed. Yeah. So do you see that in your daughters? Yes, and that's something I definitely encourage. I encourage them to think, uh, to argue, but to argue rationally and logically and to be strong and stand up for what they believe in. So, uh, uh, well, Ellie Belly is a lot about standing for what you believe, standing up for what you believe in as well because there's a choice in every book whether Ellie Belly should be the good, in inverted commas, child and go back to class and ignore the animal in distress or to help the animal but get into trouble. So there's, there's this uh, dilemma in every book. So the dilemma she chooses, uh, the, the choice she chooses all, is always to help, but she always gets into trouble for it. Um, but helping the animal, it's, it's the big reward for Ellie Belly. And she gets into trouble with the teachers, I'm assuming. Or... In the first book with the teacher, in the second book with the principal. Mm, it's what's going to happen in the third book. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, anything else you'd like to say about the characters, the themes, anything? Um, I think I set out to make this book a very fun book because I think Singapore children don't have enough fun. Um, I didn't want... Okay, the, in the Asian context, a lot of storybooks are very preachy. The end of the story is be filial to your parents, be kind to your brother. And it's very preachy. And I think children uh, in this generation, they're exposed to so much MTV and American TV that this preachy tone doesn't work anymore. It has to be fun and exciting. So this is my way of in sort of uh, injecting fun and excitement in local literature to have a fun, not very serious book, but also to target at parents who want some education out of their children's reading. I do have boxes that explain English words, commonly uh, uh, misused words. So I have built that into the book so that parents will think, okay, this book is of some academic value and mm. they would buy it and the kids would enjoy it. So it's kind of a subtle, sneaky marketing. Yes, sort of. Yeah. So it's very clever. If kids want to, 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 to learn some English, they can. But I think for me, the larger goal was to just let them have fun. Yeah. Is it um, your publisher? Is that a Singapore-based publisher? Is it worldwide? Um, I, it's sort of a self-published because I've teamed up with um, a design house. They do, their, they do a lot of corporate books, annual reports. So I went to them with my story and say, um, do you want to publish this book with me? So it's not a traditional publishing route that I took. It's more like a joint venture. Another example of an independent woman. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fantastic. I'd love you to read an okay. excerpt of your story, whatever okay. you would like. Okay, I will read the first chapter because the first chapter sets up the Ellie Belly character. And it also, because in this first chapter... Um, she is in class doing a worksheet, which happens every day in the Singapore school. They're doing the worksheet. And she, the story, the, this chapter talks about how she 
has reached the end of the worksheet and she's done the hardest sum at the end of the worksheet and she's got it right, but she adds elements to it like pictures and happy faces, which is very much um, something you should never do in the Singapore school. So mm. this sets Ellie Belly up as a character who is not a bad child, not bad in schoolwork, but there's something about her that's just a little bit cheeky. Yeah, so I'll read the first chapter. It was an unusually boring day in school, and Ellie was feeling, what else, bored. She had finished her math worksheet ages and ages ago. She put her pencil down and looked around. Everyone seemed hard at work. She turned around to look at her best friend, Cammie, who sat just behind her. But she too was still writing away. Hey, Cammie, Ellie whispered. Are you done? Shh, Cammie hissed at her. Ellie turned back to the front to check if the teacher had heard. She hadn't, so she turned around again. I'm bored. Let's ask teacher if we can go to the toilet, Ellie pleaded. I haven't finished yet. Can you wait? Cammie said irritably. That was when Cammie's partner, the very annoying Megan, put her hand up and announced loudly, Teacher, Ellie Belly's talking to Cammie again. Ellie whipped her body around quickly and tried to look innocent. She picked up her pencil and pretended to be working on a math problem. She was feeling angry with Megan for being a tattletale. And who gave Megan permission to call her Ellie Belly? Ellie Belly was a nickname only her family and best friends could use. Her big sister Gabby was the one who had invented that name and she loved it. Ellie slowly raised her head to peek in the direction of teacher's desk. Teacher was looking right at her, frowning. She stood up. If you have finished your worksheet, use your extra time to check your answers. Do not disturb those who have not finished, said teacher, looking pointedly at Ellie. Ellie sighed and slumped in her seat. She crossed her arms and stared at her worksheet. The last question on the worksheet, which was usually the hardest, was this. If Joe had 24 toy cars and David had 8 toy cars fewer than Joe, how many toy cars did they have altogether? Like a good student, she had patiently written down this answer. 24 minus 8 equals 16. 24 plus 16 equals 40. They had 40 toy cars altogether. This was the correct answer. But unlike other good students, Ellie had scribbled extra words on her worksheet. Next to the word Joe, she had drawn a little arrow and above the arrow, she had added Jonas. And next to David, she had added another arrow, this time pointing to Archuleta. Below her answer was a little happy face with one eye winking and a tongue sticking out. She wasn't really a fan of Joe Jonas or David Archuleta and she didn't even listen to their songs. She just thought it was funny. And being funny was better than being bored, which she still was, by the way. That was when she heard the call for help. Great. Wonderful. Yeah. 